Hello and welcome back to Come and Talk to Me, the podcast about Princess Goes. I'm Kerry, also known as Peabody Freak, and I'm here with my co-host Deborah. Hi, this is Deborah, also known as Vicky Mom. Hi, how are you today? Doing well, doing well. I'm looking forward to today's interview. We're going to be speaking with our friend Patrice. Yes, um, I unfortunately um being celebrated outside someone's throwing a party obviously in my honor and they have set off seven million fireworks the second we started recording so i apologize if you can hear some of that in the background i'm just going to ignore it and pretend it's not going on um but yeah um (laughs) yeah (laughs) so um here we are they're just celebrating me and how special i am how are you so what's going on in your life at the moment how are you finding grandparenthood Ah, just lovely. I'm enjoying every minute and uh, force feeding photos of my grandson to anybody who can sit still for two or three seconds. So (laughs) beware. (laughs) Yes, I love seeing them, though. So please don't stop on my account. Um, I think I enjoy looking forward to receiving all of the pictures because he's just perfect. Oh, thank you. I think so, too. He really, really most, is. Most beautiful baby boy ever born. Yes. So. Yes, he definitely is. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to be introducing, introducing, we're going to be interviewing Patrice, um, who some people will know from the Facebook group. She's been around for a very, very long time, right since the beginning, I think. Um, uh, yeah, so we talked to Patrice about Love American Style. We talked to one of the band members about Love American Style and another band member then sent us in some of the answers to the questions that the other person couldn't answer at that time. So we have essentially two of the band members giving us some information about the song, which was great. Um, So shall we go ahead and listen to our interview with Patrice? Yes, let's, let's get to it. Let's do it. Let's everybody enjoy Patrice. Hello, Patrice. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Very well. Hi, Patrice. Hi. <laughs> Patrice is a little bit nervous, uh, but she talks to us all the time, so we're going to put her at ease and um, no one's going to die. Um, <laughs> how are you? Where are you in the country? I am in Denver, Colorado-ish in Ooh. U.S. of A. Ooh, ooh, ooh. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Not that um, uh, no, it is exciting to me. It's very exotic to me. Um, what's it? What's it like out there at the moment? Are you getting the weather? Is it nice? Is it cold? Is it snowing? I know um, where Deborah is. She's got the snow at the moment. It's all of the above. It's Colorado. Oh. So two days ago, it was sleeting and like horrible to walk in and now it's a bright sunny day you can like put on a little windbreaker and walk yeah and most of the snow is melted oh so, so you get four four seasons in a day yes yeah yeah much. <laughs> well we've come to talk about your love of princess goes and we're going to do a deep dive on a song but we wanted to kind of start just by getting to know you because you've been around since the very beginning just about i think and you've been in our small circle of friends for almost as long as that so let's start at the beginning how did you first hear about the band there was an article and i forget 
I forget who wrote it, but there was an article where uh, Michael had, it was Michael C. Hall had briefly mentioned that he was in a band. And I was like, mm. oh, that's so interesting. And so uh, called Princess Goes to the Butterfly Museum. So I just, you know, scoured all social media to see if anyone could, you know, see it. And I mm. saw that there was a few clips on Instagram before I had an Instagram. So I wasn't able to interact or save or do anything. And yeah. it was for their second show. And I forget where it was, but that was one of the shows that they did Behold at. And I was like, this is going to be amazing. And it was when, you know, Prince, like the band had 15, maybe tagged videos on Instagram. So Yeah. So that would have been yeah. either Transpico or Berlin, because that's where the two earliest shows that they did were. And Behold was only ever performed at the really, really early shows. So it would have been at one of those um, locations. Yeah. That's one of my favorite songs of theirs, and they they haven't performed it since July two thousand and nineteen. I think yeah. I'm gonna say earlier than that, actually. But yeah, so yeah, so that was when when did you discover them? That was right at the beginning, then, two thousand eighteen. Yeah, I would say December of two thousand eighteen because I think he had just wrapped up doing Tom Payne, hmm. so I was like, you know, already on the Instagrams from afar, looking at pictures from. <laughs> fans and stuff and i was like oh, yeah. yeah so yeah that was my entry was through michael c hall into the band mm. yeah and kind of where did that take you i know you started going to see the band play live but that wasn't for uh, quite a little while in the interim so when was the first time that you had the chance to go and see them play and where did you see them play i after it was after the pandemic ish it was 2021 Halloween weekend, I had gotten my shots and everything. And I was like, you know what? I was before the pandemic, before 2020, I was afraid to fly. And I was like, yeah, no, if I die in a in a plane crash on my way to princess, then I'll die happy. If I get shanked, <laughs> I will die happy. I don't care. I'm going to see this band come hell or high water. <laughs> and so I happy. believe that was the first time you ever went to New York as well. Yeah. First time I ever went to New York. First time I went to uh, on an airplane by myself. First time I was by myself for more than a day. It was wow. A it was a and lot. that's when uh, you and I met. We, and that was uh, nice because they had two shows back to back: the thirtieth and the thirty-first mm. at the Mercury Lounge. Yes, at the Mercury Lounge. Yeah, I was forgot to say. Yeah, Mercury Lounge, which is a great, great venue. Was that the venue, the the show where someone was wearing a pumpkin head and spent their night crawling, not crawling, but moving closer and closer and closer to the stage throughout the show until eventually they were just on the front row and then like her and Mike stared each other out or something. Yes, that was that was on uh, Halloween, and it yeah. turns out that that person was actually a stylist who. The guys knew that they he, they had done she had uh, done a styling for them at a photo shoot just oh. shortly before that show. And does she Ooh. often dress in pumpkin heads? And if I if I <laughs> do a little research, I'll I'll find out what the name of that that woman was. Was it but, the one for that uh, with the? They did a really fancy one that for some magazine that's like New York based. 
Hmm. Was it for that one? Uh, I'm not sure. I just, I, I found out afterwards because I was, uh, I ended up talking to her after the show and uh turned out that's that she was a stylist and she i did know her name at one time but that was three years ago so i'll have to do a little research to to nice. uh, get that information for you we'll include that, that on a, a on moment a, too yeah we'll include that on a future fact check um but yeah i i only saw the pictures of it and it looked bizarre from where i was so i don't uh, i don't understand what that was like in the in the I, moment I was it was an actual real pumpkin on her yeah. head yeah, I was standing right by It wasn't her. a mask. <laughs> All of a sudden, I see this pumpkin. I'm like, oh, she made it. Yay. And then I saw Michael like reach down and touch the pumpkin head. And I was like, what is going on right now? This is amazing. And it was, um, <laughs> they just started singing Tomorrow's Screams. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so every time I hear that song, it's so unusual. That's what I'm picturing in my head is him touching the pumpkin and describing it. I actually, I I find, I know that we've just done a whole episode about live shows, but one of the things that we failed to cover in that episode, which we're almost kind of covering now, although to be fair, we did speak for over an hour in the last episode and we covered a hell of a lot of ground. But one of the things that I found is when we've been to the live shows, all of us together and separately, there's always some odd thing that happens like the pumpkin head. There's always some odd thing that is just bizarre and hilarious. We had one of the shows in England for the encore. The two guys, Peter and Matt, went onto the stage ready for the encore and started playing the music and Mike was nowhere to be found. And then I turned around and realised he was stood next to me in the audience pretending to be an audience member waiting for the lead singer to show up and was just dancing away and then <laughs> crawled over the access barrier onto the stage and fell onto it like a toddler would fall <laughs> and, um, and then there was a show in january where again for the intro sorry not the intro the outro um offering he crawled onto the stage from backstage on hands and knees for what? no reason that i can think of <laughs> <laughs> this is really just exhausted poor thing yes it was it was the last night of a very very long tour of three days <laughs> three days yeah and oh, then there was the time when matt collapsed on stage on purpose and yeah. then just kind of sprawled out in the middle and he was he held the, the, he was playing the bass guitar at the time and he held the guitar perpendicular <laughs> to his body so i was gonna ask if it was the same show no <laughs> It was a different show, yeah, and they all, they all have really fun things that they do at some different points on the stage, and it's always a delight, and you never know what you're in for with a live show. <laughs> and that just reminded oh, me because I forgot that. Yeah, you're right. Mike actually walked all the way up and eyeballed each other with this pumpkin head, and then put his hand on it like he was blessing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, what, tell us about your live. Oh yes, the water huh? hijinks. Who's who's yeah. who's it that's got the video where he'd nearly fallen in the water that he'd thrown on the floor and then he got down oh. on the floor, cleaned it with his body, and then said, I nearly busted my ass. Or <laughs> something like that. I've watched that clip so many times, that's what I hear at the beginning of that song. And it's one of my favorite songs anyway, Eat an Eraser. So it's yes. like, I'm gonna bust my ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> 
it just luckily was wearing a boiler suit that that particular time when he needed to randomly rub himself all over the stage. <laughs> and I, was he wearing the boiler suit because he had destroyed all of his clothes from the tour at previous shows? Because they'd he'd ripped his trousers, he'd ripped his jacket, his t-shirts. So he ended up in his Armageddon sweet boiler suit. <laughs> or as yes. my brother calls it, his Michael Myers cosplay. Yes, because we need one serial killer cosplaying as another. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So talk us through your live experiences. That first show, what was, what was that like? And you've been to see quite a few shows since then. So what has that been like for you? Well, my first show was nothing short of an out-of-body experience i'm was stood right by the amp so all the music was just like going through my body hmm. seeing all the like the band and being by my friends and being in new york and being able to breathe at a lower altitude was was amazing <laughs> i'm pretty sure i peed a little um <laughs> It was amazing. And then the second show, I was like, it's Halloween and I'm seeing princess. Ah! So yeah, same thing. Yeah, you you got them in costumes bit. as well, didn't you? I was going to dress up as a vampire, but the thing that the costume sucked. So I don't remember what I really wore. I think I'm, oh, you know what? I just wore like a vampy kind of rose shirt and dark lipstick because i was like that's all i can do we even went to a halloween shop um me deborah and famous david mm. and because that was also the first time i met him and it was mm. just yeah like the biggest crossover ever um, <laughs> but, but yeah and then that was a great 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 trip and then i think the second time i saw them was in may of 2022 and that was with you. Oh, yeah. That was the first time I met you, Carrie. Yes. Um, yes. At the LPR shows in May. Yeah. And that was, I remember that. That was an experience. And that was <laughs> another lucky time where they had two shows back to back at the same venue. Yep. That was when everything went to 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 bits. That was when, you know, their their Apple their their technology wasn't working, so they pulled some songs out of the vault. Which yeah, was amazing. That yeah that was when the stage was vibrating and it and it took matt's laptop out with that had all the backing music on it and so they had to go um they had to go rogue yeah. that was a great show actually though a really great yeah. show fantastic they did softly now which is also mm. one of my favorites and they they haven't done that yeah in like very long before then or after i don't think they've done it since i might be i think that. i had only ever seen them perform that once in july 2019. jeez so that was a real treat to to get them to get that and i don't know that we would have gotten that if the the equipment hadn't have died so yeah uh, as we know um these wonderful things come out of things that were an accident so yeah, you've been to see the, the show a few times now and you've met the guys a few times now. What have been your impressions? Or what were your first impressions when you met each of them? Could you speak? Uh, Did you pee? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a trend. There's a trend. Advertise for poise at this point. <laughs> 
<laughs> so how did that go with each of them? Well, um, the first time I met them was outside of the Mercury Lounge show. And I didn't even think I would meet them. I had no expectations. I was like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen because of COVID and stuff. Mm. And Deborah, That was before the show. Yeah, before the show. So you, Deborah, you, you gave them those Funko Pops that were customized and looked just like them and used your mother monarch voice on everyone and got the whole band <laughs> up there. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? <laughs> And so then, yeah, the the um, I had I had spoken to Matt and told him I had these uh, Funko Pops, which I had had made for them back sometime before the pandemic started. But of course, everything shut down. So I'd been holding on to them for well over a year, and told him I had them and asked if I could bring them before the show. And he said, sure, this is what time we're going to be coming in. Come meet us there. So we got there and they had gone in already. And Matt popped back out and I told him that we had them and I had something for them. And so he went back in and got uh, Pete and Mike and all three of them came out and then we presented them with that. And at that point, I think it was just um, Patrice... David, Robin, and I, mm. who were outside when we gave them. Yeah, so so they've got them still somewhere. Mike I've, took his home instead of leaving them with the the whole set for the clubhouse. Apparently, Mike took his back to his house. That's what I heard. That mm. that um, yeah, he had taken his home, and I know the other two were at the clubhouse for a while, but I don't know where they've gone since then because again that was three years ago who knows they'll be there somewhere they will be there somewhere so that after they got their their funko pops peter like like they all gave me hugs for whatever reason i think it was just because i was in proximity to people that they knew but then peter and matt had gone inside to go get ready and michael went in for a hug to uh hug deborah and he had this bottle of open tea on the side knocked it over onto his funko pop and mm-hmm. it was like this mad dash of trying to get it dry and nobody <laughs> I didn't have any kleenex on me of course I, I'm, I'm there scolding him Such a mess. <laughs> I'm just like, oh. this is why we can't have anything nice <laughs> and I was just like, what is going on he's been a clumsy clumsy boy so when we were talking to you about doing an interview uh, Mm -hmm. we discussed whether or not there were any particular songs that you wanted to touch on us talking about and you said yes and that you would like to talk about Love American Style which actually ends up being kind of cool and lines up really well because we wanted to do deep dives on songs. And so Love American Style is going to end up being the first song we do a deep dive on and happens to be the first song that they ever wrote together. So ah. that kind of lines up really well. So let's talk about Love American Style. Why did you choose that as the song that you wanted to speak about today? I think that to this day, it's still their core sound. Like 
when mm-hmm. it's still the song that I give people like, oh, what is what is Princess Goes? That's the song I play for them is Love American yeah. Style. Yeah, because it's very hard to put them into a genre or a specific mm-hmm. sound. But yeah, so your your feeling on that particular song is that if you're going to ground them in any particular sound, it would be that one that kind of seeps out to the rest. Is that what you're kind of saying? Yeah, because I used to do Cruel World, but I'm like, yeah, that's that's a cover. So if they've heard the original mm-hmm. Fantagram version, they might be in their head comparing it where Love American Style still has some of those elements in there, but it's their core style. It's got everything. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us, tell us about your love of that song. I know that you had told me that you did a little bit of a, an essay once about it that you were going to write and <laughs> that was going to be published as part of the stuff that you do with, with your work. Um, so I had suggested, let's start from there. Talk us, talk us through love american style got my big old book out yeah so as a part of fun and also a part of procrastination for other more important tasks i do analysis of of the lyrics and stuff so this Mm. is this is one of the things i had done um this is going to be fun then because deborah also likes to analyze lyrics so this is you two are gonna you're you're gonna have fun here carry on (laughs) So starting with the title, um, you know, Love American Style, it was also, I mean, some of us know it was a name of an episode of Dexter, mm. but what sticks out to me is there was a show in the 70s called Love American Style, and it was during the time where, you know, you had Love Boat and all those very wholesome American, this is what we have. Yes, this is the and that like, was it's... that was the first thing that popped into me to my mind because of course that was a uh, current show when I was younger than I am now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so very like the, the nuclear family type type deal. Yeah, and then like the first the first verse, you know, we've both got fish in the tank. Like, well, we've grown so close. We both yeah. got fish in the tank. That sounds like so domestic, but also mundane. Like, oh, hey, yeah, we've we've got matching t-shirts. We're a couple. Like, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> Are you? See, I I read that line differently. How do you? I I read that as we've grown so close. I'll always love you. We've both got fish in the tank. We're both invested. Yeah. Invested. Yeah. That... It almost gives that air of like. Like, look, look, we, well, we've, we've both got, we're invested, but not entirely. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. especially, like, with the next line, like, I'll keep walking your plank. Like, nobody wants to volunteer to walk a plank. And it kind of gives gives the idea that the other person is the owner of the ship and is just slowly nudging them to their inevitable doom. That type yeah. of thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll keep going. Hmm. What are your thoughts on that, Deborah? Well, yeah, I, I, I see it as him voluntarily, um, sort of like giving things up, saying, "All right, this relationship means a lot to me, but I know I'm going to have to compromise and 
maybe I'm going to have to um, give up my freedom. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, have to come home for dinner every night and, you know, just not suddenly make plans without consulting you first. Set. What happens when you become a couple and you no longer have complete freedom to just spontaneously go off and do what you want? Mm. You know, kind of walk the straight and narrow. Yeah. Yeah. Walking on the tightrope. But it's a voluntary thing. It's not something that's forced upon him. That's my Mm. interpretation. Mm. Yeah. And then both like fish in the tank and then walking your plank like both very watery type of thing like theme are you drowning are you slowly drowning i suppose that's a real um Mm. description of love isn't it yeah (laughs) that's what love is you you're drowning in the other person exactly (laughs) and then you see the conflict in the chorus yes yeah the torture freedom and even even with the like the lyrics and the way he's singing it to the actual music like totally mm. different like the um Matt he does something with the synth that reminds me of the aliens from War of the Worlds the the one with Tom Cruise that kind of sense of you hear that sound you poop your pants type thing <laughs> oh uh, I think we've had this conversation before. Do you mean like the the tripod aliens that yes. come out of the ground and they make that kind of sound? Yeah. I don't know what that is going to sound like on the microphone, but <laughs> dun, dun, Ho- like Hollywood, I am available to do voiceovers. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a sound that that tripod makes when it comes out of the ground and there's a similar sound that Matt uses on one of the synths in that yeah. song so yeah i can see where you would picture that as part of yeah. of the musical undertone yeah because it's very do like it just goes straight to your bones that kind of mm. it's like oh my god i remember hearing it for the first time through my headphones and i was like whoa oh i gotta i gotta rewind that and hear that again <laughs> it's like, what is that <laughs> mm. yeah so then we go on to the chorus, Torture yeah. Freedom. Very simplistic in its lyrics, but very, very self-explanatory and says a lot, really. It's kind of the push and pull of any relationship, isn't it? This is wonderful. This is awful. This is wonderful. This is awful. Yeah. I love you. I hate you. I love mm-hmm. you. I hate you. <laughs> I'm so happy that I have somebody to fall asleep with. Don't take all the covers. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was going to say don't snore. But <laughs> that, that either. You can have all the covers. Just don't snore. Oh, my boyfriend does I'm know. allowed to snore. You are not. Um... <laughs> oh, don't be silly. Everybody knows women don't snore. Yes, that's true. Oh, oh, that's yeah, an yeah. actual lawful fact that women do not snore. Um... Right. <laughs> just... uh, so did you have a look at the second chorus because the second the second chorus the second verse because the second verse has a whole a lot darker uh lyrical content in my opinion what did you think yeah it's it definitely because it's like the promise you won't feel a thing just sounds like what are you going in for surgery or you know Mm. that kind of it's 
It's two stanzas, actually, that they've got in there. It's like there's two verses because there's eight lines in that next bit. And yeah. it's so, so and I, I might have a sort of an odd interpretation of that, but it's so close so far. Now they're waiting for us. Promise you won't feel a thing. Mm-hmm. Go take your seat in the basement chorus until it's your turn to sing. Yeah. Anybody mm-hmm. have any idea what that might be about? I have my thoughts on it. What are your thoughts, Patrice? It just sounds like dread of something that's coming. Like I know when you, from experience, waiting in the basement chorus until it's your turn to sing, whether or not it's a good thing that you're going up to the stage to do, you are beyond nervous. Mm. It's that feeling in your stomach. like, And then, you know, dread. What do you see in that, Carrie? I took from it and and i suppose this speaks to why mike always says it's not of his business what the lyrics mean because they all mean something completely different to everybody and i'd love to know what his interpretation is of the lyrics um my interpretation of it is it being about maybe a relationship that isn't necessarily out there yet and you know time take your time we'll get there we'll get there eventually that's that's kind of yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to say. The growth of a relationship, and it's not quite all the way there, but eventually it will be your turn to sing, and this will be what you want it to be, or what we both want it to be. Okay, so my my thought is completely different, and it's probably way out there. It has nothing to do with what they really meant. But to me... It sounds to me like he's taking her home to meet the family for the first time. Okay, they're waiting for us. Listen, it's going to be fine. It's going to be cool. Just sit mm. there and be quiet until it's your turn to, to you know, chat with everybody. It'll, mm. it, everything's going to be cool. Don't worry about it. You won't feel mm. a thing. Oh. And it's that whole dread that you're going, oh, my God, I have to go and meet my prospective in-laws or my prospective, you know, my boyfriend's family for the first time. And I have to hope I'm going to make a good impression. And yeah, and it's that sort of thing. But that's, that's what it said to me. Isn't it funny how all three of us have completely different thoughts on what those lyrics mean? And that, like I say, it could yeah. tie in with what I was thinking, this sense of dread. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know I felt a sense of dread before I met my boyfriend's family. I was like, oh, no. But. Yeah, it's the line, go sit, take your seat in the basement chorus until it's your turn to sing. That that to me just speaks of, like, it's it's almost your turn. Mm. It's almost your turn, and it, and it will be painless, but it, you've just got to wait until that. And then the second half of the verse, again, is very quite, quite dark. But again, I see that linking into it with having to go through. Now we've made the decision to go forward. It's it's going to resolve itself. And yes, we're going to have gone through this little bit of pain. But I'm going to make I'm going to take that pain myself rather than it being something that you have to worry about. That's how I read that second half of it. What about you two? Yeah, again, you cut, I bleed, no more indecision. It's time we make it all plain. There's nothing left but this heart's incision. I'll make your pleasure my pain. It's again, I think it's just like, I'm 
willing to take on everything for you. I want I want you to be happy, even mm. if it might inconvenience me or it might be something I don't particularly want. I'm going to yeah. do what makes you happy. Hmm. How about you? I'm kind of on the other other side of the coin where it's kind of reflecting the general idea of the first verse, that kind of mundane to sort of taking a back seat. Like, I'll keep walking your plank, that type of thing. It's like, yeah, there's nothing left but this heart's incision. I'll make your pleasure my pain. Like, just, I think it's just sort of putting it out there. Like, yeah, you, you do something, I'm gonna get hurt. But I still care enough about you that, you know, I'll make your pleasure my pain type mm. of deal. Yeah. But it's also kind of reflecting, in my opinion, the I'll keep walking your plank line in the first verse. Yeah. Like this, I'm going along with this, but I can see where this is going to end up. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to take the burden of the pain that's going to come with it, but we're going to go forward anyway. Yeah, we're going to go forward. And mm. regardless of if this is going to be a good thing or not, yeah, I'm taking a back seat. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I would say it could so. Just be my bias. Well, yeah. that's it. We've all got different interpretations of what all of the songs mean, uh, and it's really interesting to see what those interpretations are. I mean, we never will really get any answer out of Mike about what what those are because <laughs> he doesn't really want to put his impression into other people's minds. He wants people to take away from them what what they they feel. Uh, so we'll, we'll never get those answers from him, but I would be really interested to know what he truly was thinking about when he wrote some of them, whether some of them were out-of-body experiences that just happened in the moment and happened to him. I know he said some of that before where the lyrics kind of just happened, but sometimes there has to be a thought process going on behind it that you are picturing a particular scene, a particular instance, a particular experience. Um and I'd, I'd love to know what some of those are that he's talking about. There's something that I've been kind of going back and forth on, and I woke up with an epiphany. I've been singing at the end of torture, like the whole torture freedom back and forth. Mm -hmm. I always sing, come back. Oh. But I don't actually know what he says. But this morning I was like, what if it's goodbye? Because it's goodbye. something like, yeah, mm. goodbye. Like, well, what if it's... That makes sense. It's it's right. funny you say that because yeah. I have over the years gone slightly insane trying to figure out what that word is that's at the end. It goes torture, freedom, torture, freedom, over and over again. And then it ends mm -hmm. with torture and then da -da, with the harmony yeah. there. So it's a high harmony as well. And I have asked each of the band members what those that what that word is and they all have different opinions about what that word is i don't think i don't think mike's ever answered the question but i've certainly gotten the answer of what their opinion is out of matt and peter and uh i'll, I'll share those with you in, in, a, in a few minutes because uh, i actually went and sat and did a recorded interview with matt about it it was supposed to be with the whole band but the tour that we were on was very very busy so matt ended up sitting with us talking about it and the others had had to fly off already and peter sent us in answers afterwards of the questions that were more kind of guided to him 
Uh, mm. Do you want to listen to that interview? No. No. I'm kidding. No. Nope. Nope. It's fine. I'll leave it. I'll leave it. I won't bother. Um, nope. 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 <laughs> I do have to preface before I play it, though. There's a part in there where, firstly, the thing was recorded. When it was recorded, it wasn't meant to be an actual interview that was going to be used as the audio. It was just us chatting about it. The plan had been that we we're all just going to sit down and I was going to fact find with them. And then we all got really busy and never ended up having a chance to fully do it. So when we actually did sit down, I asked if I could record it so that I could remember all of the answers instead of having to write everything down. And I was given full permission to do that. Uh, so there was never so you can find you'll hear that it's a rather relaxed conversation because it was never meant to be an interview um and there's a part in the middle where matt actually says oh are you recording this and it's not because he suddenly realized i'm recording it and has gotten offended by that he my screen had gone black and so he thought that it had stopped recording and so he wanted to make sure that i was continuing to record and then it it does end rather abruptly and that's because there is absolutely a ton there's maybe another 10 minutes of us having conversation following uh the bit that you're going to hear but none of it was actually relevant to this particular song and we might use excerpts of that in future episodes so i didn't want it to just sound like we just suddenly ran away um but yeah Mm. it's um it's a fun little interview so i'll play it for you now and then then we'll then we'll touch base on it okay here we go so who was the video director the video director for love american, love american style. style that was um oh shit see i don't even know this see it was it was shot looks to me at the same time that you guys did come and talk to me yeah, it was. All of the footage from that it looks like it was then yeah, whatever was left was, over um, was spare. It was the dude from Smuggler. Um, what was his name? Patrick. Patrick from Smuggler. Patrick from Smuggler. Yeah. It's his official name, Patrick. Patrick from Smuggler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, that was the dude. But then he, um, but then we took all the footage from there and then um, re-edited it for the video, like took outtakes for the Love American Style video. That's what I thought. Did Andy do that? This is a Peter question. This is a Peter question. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think it was Andy, but you might want to double check on that. Okay, I'll check that with Peter. And where did you shoot that? That was shot in New York City, in Soho, at this, it was like a club that was, it wasn't like open officially or it was between something like we somehow got in there sorry this is not a very good answer i wish i could i wish i could tell you something better <laughs> do you remember it's the name of the answer. club the name of the club no no i don't know if it they even had the, a name it is the one that the the cover photograph for come talk to me that was at the back of that mm-hmm. club though wasn't it so mm-hmm. i'll find out where that was mm-hmm. i'll find out from that so it was yeah. all shot that day the, thing about the clubs in new york they're always changing names so, i mean oh. have, like one year later it'll be something completely different yeah. yeah so what else are they in um first song you did mike wrote the lyrics on the subway on the way there had peter given him the music to work with to take away with him and then he tinkered with that and then arrived at the studio i think so um i think peter must have because otherwise That's yeah what I otherwise was how would mike yeah i mean he wouldn't he wouldn't have known what to write yeah. to otherwise 
And yeah. did he come with them fully real? Were you there that day? No, I wasn't there that day. No. Had you met Mike up to I'm that point? I'm not going to do a single answer to any of your questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to know anything. You didn't study. Uh, Sorry. No, no, you will know the answers. Who named it? Who Love named, American Style? Yeah, who named that um, song? That was Mike. I think that was Mike. You probably will not know the answer to this one then. That's true. Which was, Love American Style is actually the name of an episode of Dexter. Mm. But there's also a TV show that was Love yeah, America TV set. Show. Yeah, yeah. Did the name of the song derive from the name of the episode of Dexter or from the TV show? What do we think? I think it was um, 38% of one mm-hmm. and uh, do the 40, 42% of the other. <laughs> but I don't know which is which. Yeah. So it's it's very precise percentage, but you just don't know which is which. That's mm. the problem. How like, did... How did it come to be that that was the first song that you probably won't know the answer to that one? You know, that's a really good question. And what Peter other... and I had been um, writing together and recording together a lot of different mm. things. I would drop my kids off from school, then I would head over to the studio, mm. um, which is in Peter's neighborhood. We would write, we would record. Is that and, the clubhouse? Um, and that one came about, um, I don't know why it was the first one. I don't, I don't really know, honestly. And what other music did Peter give to Mike that he went away with? Because Peter has said in interviews that he played a load of different songs that you guys had done to Mike. Mike went, oh, if you ever want any lyrics to all these, blah, blah, blah. And then he came. So I'm assuming he he went away with a few. And have we heard any of the other ones that he wrote from those sessions? Those are the very first sessions. Yeah, yeah, you probably have. You probably have. I mean, most of it's stuff from the EP, from the very first EP. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that was all sort of the first round of things we wrote. Plus a bunch of other songs which still haven't been yeah. know, released. There was, um, I remember on the first show you guys ever did, there's a song called Persephone or Persephone. Oh, Persephone, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that, that one. That one we only ever played the one time, I think. And then one or two times, and then after that... Um, I don't know, but I love it. It's great. We have a lot of songs, and then we just kind of put them aside because we're working on new material, and then we'll come back and be mm. like, like we have a song called Fruit Meat Hunk, which we played a couple of times. When Mike came to the studio that day, you won't know the answer to this if you weren't there. Are we recording this, by the way? Yeah. Okay. Um, did he come with fully realised mer- melody and lyrics, or was it, like, partial and then you guys worked on it? Um... Yeah, like I said, I wasn't there, so that's more of a pure mm. question. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know, honestly. Mm. And then, because you'd worked on the Hedwig tour, mm-hmm. had you met Mike before you guys put that music together? We had, no, we'd never officially met. We'd, we'd been in the same room um, several times, and I had shadowed him, well, not shadowed him, but gone to the Hedwig um, performances and seen several of those mm. and then I saw him also sing at where was that it was a theater that the Hedwig the sort of cast of Hedwig um, they did a bunch of songs yeah yeah, from it. yeah. Like, and um, did he do Ashes to Ashes David Bowie and did. yeah so that was that was really cool um, but no we hadn't officially met until I think until after um Love American style. Was it after Love American style? When Peter played it for me and I was like, holy shit, this is really good. 
And then I suppose it was surprising then that you ended up becoming a band from that. Or, or was that the moment you went, okay, this yeah, is I think be... I think that was the moment when we said, oh, okay, this could actually be something, you know, really cool and worthy of um, our time and our ourselves. And yeah, there's clearly something here that we should explore um, because, you know, you just, you just never know. I mean, mm. you know, you're like, just walking down the street one day, and you're like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you might not know the answer to this, but it drives me insane. There is a word at the end of the chorus that Mike sings. Mike and sings a word at the end of the chorus. Freedom, torture, man, And it is a... Yeah. Oh, it's, I it's do a, not know what he says. Your man or woman. Or man, zombie, man. come back, um, you're you're a man. You're a man. I think he's talking to RuPaul at that, at that time. And he's like, <laughs> you're a man. It's Don't literally quote me on that. Don't the quote only me on word that. in the whole song I can't understand. But he says a word. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. Yeah. I'm I think John. Yeah. I think. Yeah. What what is the word? I I want to say um. How do you say croissant in French? Croissant. Croissant. Is it that? Uh, no, let's see. That. Let me find it. Okay. Um, croissant. Okay. That was a pretty good French accent. Is he, is he saying Obama? <laughs> is this song about Obama? <laughs> it could be. Summer! Come back! It's, he, it's a is double. Is he saying summer? Summer. I was thought it was your man. I think he's actually saying Amman, which is, um, I believe, the capital of Jordan. He's always, he's always been fixated on Amman. He's like, we gotta go there. We gotta go to Jordan. We gotta play there. So I think, I think that's what he's saying. Um, so that yeah. So we'll never know the the word that is there. And there the we have it. Never know. The world will never know the word that is there. Um, yeah, that we there was much more to that conversation, and I've had to cut most of it out because I can't play the the actual music, and the music was playing while we were listening to it. Uh, so some of it, I, I yeah, we, we get flagged by Spotify and Apple products if we use any music that we don't have a, a music license or copyright for. Um, and I can't be bothered going through the whole rigmarole of getting the copyright license just for us to play that little <laughs> clip. Um, but yeah, we laughed a lot. Uh, the other two people that are in the background there listening with me was Laurie and Jen, um, Jen Cunningham, who was traveling with us on the tour. Um, and it was a hilarious 20 minutes sat with Matt. He didn't know a lot of the answers, as you can here by that interview but that's because he wasn't there the day that michael actually came to the studio and sat writing with peter on love american style but it was oh, yeah it, it still was interesting to hear everything that it, you know matt's take on it and how they all started on their journey uh, i also went out to peter matt had suggested i reach out to peter afterwards to see if he could answer the questions that Matt wasn't able to. And so I did get the answers to, to those. So let me see. So the first thing that he wasn't able to answer had been who had done the video full of American style. And I had asked if it was Andy, who is 
Peter's brother, Andy Janowitz, who's done, I think, four of their music videos at this point. But he didn't do Love American Style. It was actually Love American Style was done by one of their friends called Jen Ruff. Who he said she's an amazing artist and editor who teaches editing at the NYU grad school for film. And she, col she collages in her beautiful videos of nature uh, to da the dance footage to a very psychedelic effect. Yeah, so I've, I follow her on Instagram, so I know who she is, but I had no idea why I followed her on Instagram. But, you know, like, where, where, where did I find her? So I must have had a conversation with her at some point in the history of me knowing the princess band of her involvement in them in some way, shape or form. So she's the person who did that gorgeous video oh. and she, yeah i didn't know mm, and she used the leftover footage from the day that they were shooting the come and talk to me video and then interlaced it with all of her her visuals and peter also didn't know where the club was or the neighborhood that the club was that they filmed that in it's, it's years ago now so it's not surprising and i think matt had said that a lot of clubs in new york change their names quite often so it could be called anything now he could have just been you sure the band wasn't just like put bags over their heads and just mm -hmm. escorted to the building could be they could have been kidnapped <laughs> and taken there where well, it's, it's a good question <laughs> um and then obviously we had asked about whether he'd, he'd given any music to michael to take away and listen to and he said no he had heard a bit of love american style when he came by my studio after we had dinner one night before the session that was when he first offered to sing but i think he was just writing lyric ideas on the subway ride down so he'd have he'd have something to work with when he got there so it wasn't fully formulated when he arrived at the studio and also slightly further down one of the other questions ties nicely into that where i had asked did he come with fully realized melody and lyrics or was the framework there and you added the rest together and he said, the melodies came when we were recording it. Mike has a sharp sense of what he wants the melodies to be. I think I might have helped with the verse melody a bit. It really all came together quickly. A lot of the overlaid vocals happened after Mike left. I started laying it all in and quickly realized it all worked so well together with Mike. Started laying it all in and quickly realized it all worked so well together with Mike providing the background vocals almost as a counter melody. It was an important first song to lay down. When I sent it around to Mike and Matt later, I was like, well, I don't know exactly what this is, but let's keep making more of it. They both agreed. That was the birth of Princess. Um, oh. Yeah, oh, indeed. Um, and we had asked what other music he had taken away and Peter said Vicious was one of the tracks that Mike first heard when he came to the studio nice. and he really dug that and Love American Style so they were the first two that initially drew him in and so they're the first ones that he really worked on and they both obviously ended up on the first EP and he was asked what he thought the word at the end so we know that Matt thought the word at the end was Obama <laughs> Oman Croissant um what else batman you're a man batman. you're a man um so there was a real mishmash of stuff that matt thought it was and the plot thickens even further with peter because peter says i think the chorus is just torture freedom i don't think there is anything else what yeah 
Well, actually, that's what I always thought it was myself. I thought that the very last word was just torture again, but he just kind of screamed it. Screamed it is a is a description, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the, uh, you know, it could be. It could be. I, I know it's two syllables. I just have no idea what it is. I've watched his mouth over and over again on the videos that I shot that day of him singing yeah. that. It's not a T sound. It's not T. I don't, I just, I always thought it was come back. Well, you know, when you're being tortured, you might not, you know, enunciate very well. This is true. But you're not going to say torture. <laughs> you're not going to say it. Not a T sound. So, yeah, we, I don't think we'll ever know until we can pin Mike down. Because yeah, he well, obviously he won't, knows. He won't know either. <laughs> this is, this is. Or if he does could, know, he won't tell us. This could be the case. Uh, also, I asked him about the name of the, the song and whether it was derived from the episode of Dexter or the TV show. Um, I'd like to also point out that I don't know if any of you did the math while Matt was talking about what the percentages were of it being based on the Dexter episode or the TV show, but he said 38% and 42 which adds up to 80%. So we have a missing 20 somewhere. Um, <laughs> mm. So who knows what the other 20% it is based on. Uh, magic, I don't know. And Peter said that we didn't talk much about the lyrics, but they had nothing to do with the TV show of the same name. But Mike and I and our... But Mike and I are of a certain age, and certainly we remember that show. To me, the lyrics seem to spell out a form of domestic existence, the bliss and the pain of relationships, the rub and the tug of our interactions, the yin and yang. Yes. So that's Peter's Very take nice. on it. So I think that is all of the questions. So we do have answers to all of them now. Um, yeah, so that's that's the band yeah. take that's the band take on Love American style as far as two legs of the the tripod have told us we will have to pin down mike at some point and ask him what his what his magic word is <laughs> i think we'll find out who built the pyramids before we find out you know at this point i i think that is probably true mm. so yeah that's that's the band <laughs> take on it have either of you got any more opinions on that song or the video or uh, or anything? I was just thinking, and I totally forgot that um, going way back earlier, I had baked them. I went to the Denver show and I baked them banana muffins. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. And then I remember that Matt sent you a message afterwards to say thank you and asked you if they were magic. Yeah, I'm like, no, <laughs> didn't ask you if they were. Ma he asked you if they were special. Yeah, special. I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, Colorado, right? No, they were not special. They were just made with love. They they were just feeling the altitude. <laughs> they're they're from New York, where we're at sea level. They were up in the mountains. They were all feeling lightheaded. Yeah, yeah. Although, oh, that probably is why they were all feeling that way. Yeah, yeah. Because he had asked. Yeah, me. I I think, that's why he asked. I think, I think he had asked. I had talked to him about it, and he said that Peter was feeling a little lightheaded or whatever after he'd eaten one of them. It, it was a while ago now. But I was like, no, no, there's nothing in there. They're just vegan. <laughs> <laughs> just, 
I mean, what would have been the thought process behind going to see them for the first time? Not the first time, but see them for the first time in your hometown and given them spiked cake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's. I mean, little... it could have made I'm for an interesting show. I'm going to drug these boys and drag them back to my garage and make them play for me. <laughs> oh, can can we do that? No. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's not a bad suggestion if we want a, a like a small intimate gig. That would be good. <laughs> And you, you know how to bake. And Deborah looks innocent. You're saying I don't look innocent? How dare you? Well, no, you look innocent too, but she's got but that you're whole... from Colorado. So... Yeah. Clearly not that innocent if they've already asked you if you've spiked their, <laughs> their desserts. And they don't trust me as far as they can throw me, so it would never pass with me. So I think Deborah would be the best person to hand those across. <laughs> I think we could. I think we could make that work. I feel like we're gonna be, end um, up on like the FBI files or something, like forensic files. <laughs> <laughs> it was said oh, in a podcast um, three months prior. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Scouts honor or girl guides honor, whatever. Um, we won't. We won't do that. We won't actually cook drugs into anything. And um, yes, I think we've lost Patrice again. Oh dear. Yeah, it looks like she's frozen again. That's a great picture of her, though. It is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a picture of that. And we're back in the room. Have I decided that that's my catchphrase? It could be. Could be. It's not a bad one. Uh, but yes, we're we're back. We've interviewed Patrice. How was it for you? It was great. I'm sorry we. Uh lost her rather abruptly there because her wi-fi cut out yes but um we didn't get to say a proper goodbye but it was a very interesting conversation and i enjoyed all of our different takes on yeah. the uh meaning of the lyrics yeah how it and it it's it's like uh mike always says you know it's none of my business what it means that once it goes out in the universe mm. everybody's interpretation of the song is correct yeah, we all have different takes, and that's because we all look at and hear the music through our own lens of life experience, and it's tinged with our own opinions. So it's it's remarkable how many different takes there will be on one song. Yeah. Even when you think the lyric is very straightforward and it's obvious to you what it means, it could mean something completely different to somebody else. And it might not have been their their original interpretation, or mm. and sometimes I think that different members of the band don't even have the same interpretation of some of the songs. Yeah, absolutely. I remember a conversation you had with Matt once about "Come of Age," was it? Where you had said, "Oh, that's an angry song," and he yes, he had a different. He was surprised by your take on that. Right. And well, I heard that song originally in um, September of 2022. Yes, at the Bowery Ballroom. At the Bowery Ballroom. And the uh, way it was sung that night, I felt it sounded very, very angry to me. Mm. But the way it's recorded, it sounds a lot more. Yeah, it's got like a, a lot like, more. Yeah. Like, like I. I'm over it. 
Yeah, mm. you you know you you betrayed me, but I'm I'm over it now. I'm 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 bored with the whole thing. Yeah, but yeah, it... I I do agree. Yeah, that night at the Bowery Ballroom, it was sung with more passion. That yeah. might, uh, uh, more passionately than the recorded version, and and that's not to say that the recorded version isn't passionately sung. Um, a, a more a, a more present emotion in that in that moment. Yeah, it just yeah, it just it just it just the whole thing just felt very angry to me because I remember I was I saw that show with you and I was standing mm. next to you and when that song was over I turned around and said, "Well, he's pissed at somebody." <laughs> yes, yes, you did. <laughs> Yeah, and it was a it was a great performance. It really, really was a good yeah. performance. But yeah, that was again. Well, one of the band members had a different interpretation of of how he had heard that song. So it, it stands to reason that all three of us would have different takes on what "Love American Style" means. Yeah, um, and yeah, I want to say thank you to Matt and Peter for all of the information and the sitting down with us. Peter had wanted to be part of that conversation when we were talking about it all, but he had to leave because we'd all been delayed and busy and the tour took up. Obviously, they're very, very busy on tour. Um, he had to catch a plane, didn't he? He did. He had, to, he had to catch a plane and go home. And we were all on later flights to go, so Matt was able to take a little bit more time and spend to, to spend with us. And thank you to Jen and Laurie for allowing me to take some time out of their day as well to come and sit with Matt um, I'm sure it was a real hardship for them. Uh, <laughs> it was a hilarious conversation, and so thank you. Again, it wasn't meant to be a recorded one. It was just recorded so that I could remember the answers. So thank you for giving us permission to use that piece of audio. Yeah, but overall, it was a really great interview with Patrice. It's a shame she disappeared at the end, in her words, like a ghost. Um, she sent a message. She's been struggling to get back into the recording room. So we've just said we'll make sure that we say her goodbyes on her behalf. Uh, but, yeah, it was a really, really good uh, time hanging out with her for the last hour. Yeah. And, I'd also uh, be uh, interested in hearing some of our listeners, what their interpretations are of love american style so you know please let us know either with a voice memo or mm -hmm. a comment on the uh, instagram page yes i think that would be really interesting to hear now that we know that there's three different takes on it already there's there's surely more there's surely more out there so yeah send us in send us in your opinions and your thoughts on the on the the lyrics to that song and and um uh, and whether you've seen them perform it live or not, or what about your thoughts were on any of it? Yeah, we can include that in a future episode. Also, mm -hmm. if there's anybody out there who has an, another song they're particularly interested in, a deep dive being done on it, please do send in your suggestions. Mm. And yeah. uh, maybe uh, you'd like to come on and tell us about it. Yeah. Okay. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening again. It has been a pleasure being your hostess with the mostess, um, alongside Deborah, who is also a hostess with the mostess. Um, <laughs> uh, and we will catch up with you next time. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. See you then. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. been listening to Come and Talk to Me, a podcast written and produced by myself, Peabody Freak, and Vicky Mom. 
We'd like to thank PG Bricks for the use of her wonderful image on the front cover of our podcast and Acast for hosting us on their platform. <laughs>